pop up on my phone from one of you guys because I was like, man, here comes another one. Um, and thank God that, that it wasn't any issues or problems in the church when it called. It was, it was good stuff. So, man, praise God for that. Man, this is a beautiful crowd today. I'm so glad to see you. Man, look, let's give all our Impact Kids a hand. Man, look at all those kids going back there. <laughs> praise God. That is wonderful. Man, Jesus changed everything in their life today. In Jesus' name, amen. There ain't no, there ain't no big Holy Spirit, little Holy Spirit, big God, little God. The same God that's in you is in them kids back there. They have the same ability and the same power. They may not be as mature as you are in the Lord, but God can do incredible, mighty things through them as well. Amen? Amen. Today I want to talk to you about a subject that God's really laid on my heart called, It's Time to Counteract. It's Time to Counteract. Um, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 it says, therefore, since there's, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, Paul says, let us throw off everything that hinders us and, and the sin that so easily entangles, or King James says, besets us, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us. See, these are giants for faith, and what God is saying is, look, all these guys are up in heaven. They've already run their race. They've already finished and they've already, they've already completed their course. And now they're in heaven cheering us on. It's like Gabby Douglas when she goes to the Olympics. She's already won her gold medal. And she goes back and watches the other gymnastic um, ladies, the gymnasts, um, watch them. You know, and she's out there yelling for them. That, you know, she's in, the, she's in the audience cheering for the people that are now fighting for the gold medal. That's what's happening. In heaven, it's saying here that we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses that's watching. They've already run their race and finished their course. And they are rooting us on. And so... You, you know, we can learn a lot of wisdom for them, from them. And if they could come down and have an interview with us, you know, what would some of them probably say? Somebody like Peter might say, listen, when the pressure gets on, don't deny Christ. Right? When the pressure comes and, and it get the pressure for you to cave in, don't deny Christ. Stay there with him. Right? Paul might have said, listen, you're going to get persecuted, but you know what? Keep pressing on. Don't give up. Listen, I've lived that life. I got persecuted more than anybody did. But you know what? I kept going, and it was worth every bit of the persecution that I went through. Abraham might say, listen, I don't care how old you are, you keep serving God, and God can use you no matter how old you are. You know, David, David might come down and say, listen, guys, listen, I know you feel like that you're insignificant, you're young, or you're different, or you're, you're, you're odd. Maybe you're not like everybody else. You're different than everybody else. Maybe you're, you know, whatever it is, it's different about you. But listen, other people may overlook you, but God never will. Amen. Praise that. that was a word. I felt that was a word for somebody in here today. I don't know who feels that way. But, 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 but God, other people may overlook you. You may, look, you may feel like you're invisible. You may feel like nobody sees you, right? But God sees you. And you may say, Pastor, do you really believe all them stories in the Bible? You know, some of them seem a little far-fetched. Well, you know what? God's a God of miracles and God of miraculous. And yes, Pastor believes every one of those stories. Um, that God, he used great men and women of God and did some mighty things. And, and they're not just stories. They're, they're amazing things. Matter of fact, talking about stories, Chris Hodges um, from the Church of the Highlands tells a story um, that, that one time I heard him say. And he talked about there's this little girl that was at, telling, talking to the teacher about, you know, um, about Jonah and the great fish. It wasn't a whale. It doesn't say a whale in the Bible. It says a great fish. And, um, and the, he, she said, the teacher said, you know what? I'm not sure that's really true. Are you sure that's a true story? She said, yes, it's in the Bible. I know it's true. And, um, and, the, and the, the, um, she said, when I get to heaven, I'm going to talk to, to um, Jonah, and I'm going to ask him about it, talk to him about the whole story. And the teacher said, well, what if Jonah's not in heaven? She said, well, then you ask him. <laughs> so I, thought, <laughs> I was like, wow, okay, girl, go ahead. 
So, but today I want to talk about a giant f- person of faith that we can learn a lot from. That a lot of people don't really talk about this. Kids love this story. But it's about Noah and the ark. And, and I want to talk to you about how, what we can learn today from counteracting the culture by being more like Noah. You know, and what you can learn from this, first off, is that, that being a person fully committed and obedient to Christ can change the world. And you say that's not true, man. All you got to do is read the story of Noah. There was nobody righteous but him, and he saved the world, right? So, so you know, Noah was just being obedient. That's all he was doing. He was walking by faith, and he was obedient to God. And, and he, he had faith because he walked with God. The word Scripture says he walked with God, and he had faith. He, he walked by faith. And when you walk with God, you know, you ever heard somebody say, you got, you got to walk by faith? That's because the faith walk is a movement. You can't say, I have faith, but you don't do nothing. And, and you stand still, and you do nothing. You know, faith is movement. And when you walk by faith, being obedient being obedient is not an issue. But if you find someone that does not want to be obedient to God when God says do something or, I, or whatever, go do this, go do that, here's what I want you to do, and they have a problem with that, then they're not walking by faith. They're, they're, they're not walking by faith. They're not, they're, that's why they're having a trouble with obedience. It's a faith issue in their heart that they don't really trust God. That's why they really don't want to do what God says because they're not trusting God to really believe that what he says really is what's going to happen, right? So if you aren't walking with, with, um, by God with faith, it's a burden to be obedient all of a sudden. Walking by faith is movement. Scripture says that, that God warned Noah that it was going to flood. Why did he, he heard God's voice? You know, because of the fact that he was walking with God. When you walk with God, God will speak to you. Now, I'm not saying, you know, it's going to be Hannah. You know, you're not going to hear that. You know, you, you may hear it in your, your spirit. You may hear it in your gut. You may hear it in your mind. You know, I don't know where you're going to, which way you're going to hear it. But when you're walking with God and you have faith in God and you're trusting God, God will speak to you and talk to you and give you wisdom on how to make decisions in your life. You pray and he will talk with you because you're walking by faith. We are a church here at Kingdom Impact built on inspiring love, life, and relationships, right? And we also now just kind of tweak that a little bit. And now we want to add that we are sharing life, inspiring hope, and growing people. Because we want to share life. We want to do life with people, small groups and stuff like that. You know, we, we want to inspire hope, inspire people to have hope in Christ and Jesus. And we want to grow people in discipleship. And so we want to do that with one another. And we try to walk by faith and, and, and do that. And our movement is the things that we're doing for Christ. We're having faith. Like, like, like Craig said, we're a smaller church, and we're not the greatest fi- in, fi- in finances, but we're going to continue to have faith in God, and God has always, for the past five and a half years, always provided for us. Because we constantly are saying, God, we're going to do this for you. We're going to have our operation of hands and feet, and we're just going to go by faith. We've never done it before. We're going to have our funnel cake festival we had several years ago right before COVID. We ain't never done a funnel cake festival. No, I ain't never heard of a funnel cake festival. But God spoke the word, and we did it. And it was, man, we had probably 500 people on property or more. You know, and we're going to have it again coming up this weekend. Please go back and sign up for something. I beg you, because we got some space. we got a lot of um, blow-ups coming, a lot of things. We need help. Please come, because I don't want to have to shut down, tell a little kid, we can't, we can't let you get on this bouncy, because nobody would help you. All right? So... So, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so anyway, but we're, we're out there doing things. We're going to, you know, we're talking about, you know, we're going to have, um, coming up in January, we're going to have Operation 
warm hands and feet. How about that? And, and we're going you know, to give away coats and gloves. We're going to do all this stuff under the faith and movement by walking by faith with God. You know, and I don't care what you've done, where you are, where you've been, what you've gone through. You, know, you may say, I just don't, I don't, I can't, I don't have that faith. I don't trust God because of where I've been and what's going on. I want you to know, no matter what's happened in your life and how insignificant you feel in this world, you matter to God and you matter to us in this church. and You matter to me as pastor. And we want, you, we want you to know that if you feel that way, this message today is for you, and this church is for you. Because, because we want you to know that I care about you, we care about you, and we're going to care about you. We want to be in your life. We want to be a part of your life. We want to be a part of your, of your victories, and we want to celebrate with you, you know? And we want to be a part of your defeats whenever you're down and out. We want to walk with you through that. We want to counteract the mindset of what people think church is. People think that church is rules and regulations and judgment. I want Kingdom Impact to be a different church, a church of love and forgiveness and acceptance. Not acceptance of the sin, but acceptance of the person and let God deal with the sin, right? Amen. The, great, the greatest people, the greatest people that God uses are people who are obedient. He can use someone who's obedient, but if you're not obedient, he can't use you. And if you're not obedient, then therefore you're not walking by faith. That way you have a faith issue. If you, don't, if you have a faith issue, you really ain't, possibly ain't even saved. Because we're saved by faith through grace, right? So you've got to have faith, but all you need is the faith of a mustard seed. You have not disqualified yourself because of your past. I don't care what you've done, where you've been through, you have not disqualified yourself because of your past. Or even last night. Amen. <laughs> Genesis chapter 5, 5 through 8. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth. And he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. <laughs> we think we got bad times now. <laughs> it is bad. This world is evil. Okay, right now it is absolutely 100% evil. But I can't say that everybody and everything, everything they think and everything they do is evil. Right? There's some good people out there, right? Right? You, that's gotta, hopefully you are, right? I am. We good. So we ain't. But it says everything they thought or imagined was evil. That's in the times where the fallen angels, the sons of God, they, 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 the fallen angels, a lot of times they, they call the sons of God those fallen angels that came. They had sex with women, and that's where the giants came from, from the Nephilites. And it was just evil. It was a bad, it was a big evil, evil time, you know. And it was just negative. Everything was negative. Everything was evil. I hate negativity. Does anybody hate negativity besides me? Wow, if you hate negativity online, go ahead and put it online. Oh, it's in my back pocket. I can't even see it today. Okay. <laughs> Walking around with it. So, but I do, I hate it. There's a, there's a wonderful button on Facebook. It's called unfollow. They don't even know that you ain't following no more. But if they need you, they can get you. And you can get them. But what it does is you're still their friend. It's just saying, I'm done with the negativity in your life. And you could take that because people think that whatever Facebook gives you on your, your timeline is what you have to do. You, you can create it to be what you want it to be so it's all positive things, all positive people. You're still there for them people. You're still their friend. You just ain't got to hear all the gossip and the drama in their life. And so we need to, we need to know that. I, that's why I try so hard to post positive stuff. I try to post positive videos. I try to post positive things so people can, can be encouraged. So, so a negative, negative, negative. Oh, that's Pastor Doug. I'm so glad I saw that today. You know, I want that. I want to do that for our church. 
but I'm tired of my news feed. I'm tired of the news being that way. I, I, I try not to stick my head in, 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 in a bucket and not know about the news because as a pastor, I kind of need to know what's going on around the world so I can kind of help people navigate through it when they come to me or they have a question, you know, but, but the news is, is so negative. And then at that time and that day, that's what it was. You know, and God sees it all, the good, bad, and the ugly. And, and, and it, what, what you might say, man, what in the world did that do to God's heart? You know, we often talk about that, you know, what, what, how does that hurt, that hurt God's heart? You know, well, Genesis 6 and 6 says, So the Lord was sorry he ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. So we can break the heart of God. Matter of fact, King James, I think, says it, it pained him or pained his heart. Does he feel that pain today? I bet today, I, he may, he, I, don't, I hope and pray he doesn't regret, you know, letting um, Noah be saved and he doesn't regret ever allowing us to be alive like he did these other guys. But, 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 I, but I'm sure today, in the way the society is today, that it has pained his heart of the way, and it's, it's troubled and it's broken God's heart the way things are today. But at the same time, people in churches that are trying their best to serve God and live a life of happiness, joy, and peace and share love and forgiveness, I bet that blesses his heart. If, if, if it can be broken, then it can be healed, right? It can be, it can be touched. It can be blessed. It can be encouraged. And I pray today that you and I and we as a church can, um, are doing that for Christ, you know, and so I had someone sometimes say to me one time, well, you talk about your church and, and what you, you, might, you, 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 you may feel like y'all are better than everybody. I said, no, 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 you're missing it totally. The point is there's a lot of churches in this town that are doing an amazing job, and they're doing a great job. Someone's got money. They're even doing better, greater things than we are right now, right? That's one. I support that 100%. I pray for them. I'm their friends. There's no, I have no issue with that. But I'm not their pastor. I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I'm not pastor. I'm not responsible for them. I'm responsible for me and you. So whenever I'm talking about specific stuff on here, I'm not talking, putting anybody other churches down. I'm just, all I'm talking about is us. Me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, right? Yes. Amen. Genesis, let me go on. Genesis 6, 6 through 8. So the Lord was sorry that he ever made them and put them on earth. It broke his heart. And the Lord said, I will wipe the human race that I have created from the face of the earth. Yes, I will destroy every living thing, all the people, all the large animals, all the small animals, and all that scurry along the ground. Even the birds of the sky, I am sorry I ever made them. But Noah found favor with the Lord. Noah left favor. The earth had gotten so bad. Sin had been so rampant. Listen, if you have some food in your house and you leave food out for a long period of time and you constantly live in a filthy house where there's food everywhere, what does it cause? Roaches, right? Ants and roaches come. And because whenever you, if you leave something out and you get it up, they leave you alone. But if you leave it out and let, let it stay out, and they know there's going to be more food left out, ants and there's a party over here, you know, and they all want to come over to your house and they want to have a party, right? Okay, so when you sin and you repent, Satan leaves you alone. But when you sin and you stay in sin and live in sin, Satan says, demons, party over here. And he comes and brings all his demons. It's like, okay, now we're going to have a party because you're just living in sin, so we're going to help you out. We're going to help you out. And so whenever a city, a, a family, a city or a state or a world, whatever, in this situation, it just party over and it just became rampant with evil. And they consistently lived in that. But God had pretty much given up on everything, was going to kill everybody, but he found one person that was righteous, one person that served God and said, even though this world is evil, I'm not going to be evil. Even though this world is acting up, my city's acting this way, all the other Christians are acting this way, I'm not. 
Because these Christians are acting like, saying they're Christians, but they're not living like Christians. Of course there wasn't Christians there, but you know what I'm saying, right? And there's people, these people that are, that are saying they're serving God. Um, so the thing is, is the culture was straight evil, but Noah walked with God. And God is walking and needing that today for us, for us to walk with God, for us to live with God. Are you willing to serve God wholeheartedly in this evil world? Are you willing to be that one righteous person, that one righteous church, that one righteous soul? And I was, like I said, there's plenty of righteous churches in this town. I know, I know the pastors and they're wonderful people. But I'm just saying, as for us, if everybody else decides to turn, which they won't, but if, they, but, but if everybody did, are we still willing to say, you know what, we're going to stand strong in our faith in Christ, and we're going to walk with God. We're going to be obedient to God. And when God tells us to step on, out on faith, we're going to do it. <clears throat> God asked Noah to build a boat. It had never rained. Did you know that? Did you know that how the earth got watered and green grass and stuff? It was all watered from the ground up. It was never, it was, rain never came from the sky. It was always from the bottom up. And so he said, it's going to rain. Noah's like, what? what's rain, God? I'm going to send a flood. What's a flood? I don't understand what you're talking about. He said, I want you to build this big boat. Okay, well, we are 100 miles from the ocean. I don't understand that. We're 100 miles from the ocean, and you want me to build a big boat. Okay. I want you to build it four and a half feet, uh, four and a half stories tall, and I want you to build it one and a half football fields long. Now, for him, he didn't know what a football was at the time. You know, they were throwing rocks one, back and forth. But... <laughs> But still, for us, it helps you understand. One and a half football. If you're sitting there at your son's or daughter's football game, and you're looking at that football field, well, add another 50 yards onto it. That's how long the ark was. And, and, and so Moses, but the thing is, is, is it took about 50 to 75 years to build the ark, possibly. And everybody says, well, no, 120 years. Well, <clears throat> if you go back a, script, a, a chapter, it says that Noah was um, 500 years old when he had Shem. Shem was his first child. Okay, when, whenever the water receded and the earth was dry, it says he was 601. That's only 101 years. Shem had to grow up once he was born to be able to be married because it, they asked for the kids and their spouses and children to come on there. So you say about 25 years or so. So it could have been that. Now, does it matter about that? No, it really doesn't. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a salvation issue. It's a debate. You could talk about it. But I'm just letting you know that, that, that whether it was 120 years or 10 years, that's a long time for God to tell you to do something, and you stick with it. Yeah, we, we, we have problems sticking with it week to week. And he possibly, at 50 to 75 years, building his ark. Do you know the negativity that came to him? The people that came up and said, it's going to do what? It's going to rain. It's going to flood. We're 100 miles from the ocean, buddy. You know, all this negative, and he just kept right on. He kept right on because he had a word. He, he worked during the daytime and labored during the daytime, and at nighttime he went out and preached. He had a four-word sermon. It's going to rain. Okay. It's about to rain. <laughs> it's about to rain. Four words, three words, it's going to rain. He might have changed his name. He might have had two messages. But that's what it was about. But, but whenever that happened, he, it, by, Scripture says he did it with reverence. Reverence is a worship word. So what it means was why he worked, he worshiped. He just didn't work and then knocked off work and then worshiped. He worshiped why he didn't whistle while he worked. He worshiped while he worked. And it, took, and it says it's about a whole year before the earth was dry, right? And so, so, but one thing I noticed about this is he, he, not one time it said that Noah did exactly what God asked him the way he asked him to do it. Not one time did it say that he, that he said, how am I going to get to the water? 
How am I going to feed my family? That's a, that's a long time. How are we going to feed these animals? What's going to happen when the lions, tigers, and bears want to fight? You know, whatever it may be. In there. What, he didn't ask no questions. He said, yes, sir, I want to be obedient to you. I want to do what you ask. You are God. I trust you. I'm walking in faith, and I'm going to do what you call me to do. Even though it doesn't make sense, he had faith. And for you, you need to know, even though when God's speaking to you and it doesn't make sense, you need to follow it. That's obedience. That's walking by faith. Matter of fact, the more nonsense it sounds like, the more it doesn't make sense, probably the more it is God. Because the devil wants to tell you that makes sense in your mind, so you'll do it. The devil's not going to try to get you to do something that doesn't make sense because he knows you'll probably say, I don't know about that. The devil wants to get you to do stuff that you agree with that pleases your flesh. But God will say, I want you to step out. Step outside of the boat like Peter. You know, and I know, we're, I know here, we're, we're, we're not, we don't do all the negative stuff and stuff like that, but, but, but maybe if we're not, we're not doing nothing negative, but are we part of the solution? Are we doing anything to counteract all the negativity? That's why we have these events, to show the community that, you know what, no, we do love you. You know, we, we do want you to have a good time. We want you to, to be blessed. We want you to, to be encouraged. We, wanna, you, we want you to know that you can be forgiven. You can fit in here. You know, you are welcome. We do care. We've had plenty, plenty of Bible studies, but not enough Bible doing. It's like we want to sit there and just get fat. Now, listen, I'm not saying we shouldn't have small groups, sermons, or preaching, but the thing is, is we've got enough in us already. That at some point, you, you should know enough to go out and do. But the thing is, is we're not going out and doing. We're sitting and just sitting there getting our belly full of the Word and not doing nothing with it. You know, what, what if someone, someone some, you know, it's, it's, you know at, at, whenever you were uh, at, at school when you were a kid and you were sitting there at the table eating your breakfast, your mom said, okay, time to get up and go to school. Okay, I'm telling you today, hey, time to get up and go out there and minister to people and love on people and care and, and live out what you've learned. It's time for us to start living out what we've learned and what we know and counteract the culture. How do we do that? Well, we pray, and then we go out, and we love people. We inspire people. We, we give, we give to, to people. We serve people. We go out and create events and environments that, that people can, 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 can learn from. We, we, when we go to work, we can be a, a witness at work. We witness to people. You know? And when we, go, when we have conversations at work, we shouldn't just talk about, about Joe Biden and, and Donald Trump and, and, and this and that and the other. We should talk about Jesus. I understand you're going to talk about some things, but I'm just saying, but we're so free to talk about all that stuff, and we're bold with that. Can you believe? Can you this right here, that, and the other? But no Jesus. And we call ourselves Christians, and we're talking probably to sinners. And we're, we're just pulling, instead of counteracting it, we're joining, we're joining the group. Why do you think people showed up to hear Jesus' ministry when he walked on earth? To hear a good sermon? They, didn't, they did not come to hear him talk. They did not come to hear Jesus preach a sermon. They came because they needed salvation, they needed healing, and they needed restoration. And they came, and a lot of times you'll hear it in Scripture say, He healed them and they were saved. They, they come, and, and people came to see the love of Jesus. The love of Jesus. And they came to feel and see the demonstration, the power of the Holy Spirit. And they showed up there, and they experienced His love, they saw the demonstration, and they received Christ. Our world is not hungry for another Bible lesson or another Bible sermon. 
Our, our world is hungry for a move of God, for real love, for real somebody really caring about them. A church that says they are who they say they are. This world is, is, is ready for someone to say, you know what? You live what you, you preach. You are the real deal. And then when they feel that and they see that, then they want to come hear the word or the Bible study or the lesson. They don't hear the lesson and then decide to serve God. In some cases they do. But especially in today's society, you know, now back in the day when I was younger and I was a kid, oh yeah, you would bring sinners to the church, they would hear the word and get saved. But today, before people get saved, they want to see if you're the real deal, if your church is really who they, you say you are. They want to see the love and demonstration before they decide to receive Christ. And that's what Jesus did. He walked around and shared himself and loved him on people, cared for people, prayed for people. And then he told them, you know, listen, I am the way and the truth and the life. He didn't do that right away. He, went, he walked this earth a long time before he showed himself. He, he showed his acts of love, his acts of stuff. And then all of a sudden he came on the scene and said, boom, here I am. I am the way and the truth and the life. John 14 and 12. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works as I have and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. Jesus said, I le I'm leaving. So now I need you to do the work on earth that I did through the same power of the same Holy Spirit, through the same power of the same God. I need you to do the work. You're going to be Jesus with skin on here on earth. You're not Jesus, but you're, 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 you're reflecting me. You're my image. And I want you to do it. You know, and so what did he do? He prayed. He loved. He, he built relationships. He encouraged. He inspired people. He performed miracles by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're supposed to do. Jesus' vision for transforming the world was not having pastors with big platforms and big churches on, on TBN. That that's how everybody's going to come to Christ with all these electrifying messages. Jesus never had that. He walked on earth and he walked from house to house to house and, and people to people to people and loved for them and cared for them. His vision of great, greatness was for the church to, believer to be filled with and used by the Holy Spirit. Do you know that all the acts, that, all the miracles that happen in Acts, there's a bunch of miracles in Acts, right? Do you know that 35 or 40 of those acts of miracles were done outside the church? See, we came last week, we had miracles and we had blessings and healings down here, right? And that's wonderful. God loves that. That's wonderful. But the thing is, is what happened? That's on Sunday. What happens Monday through Saturday? Do we just say, okay, God, on Monday, Sunday is, is it miracle day and then the rest of the week? We don't pray for nobody. We don't believe for nobody. We don't help nobody. We don't, we don't do nothing. Who does that? It's up, it's up to you. I'm, I'm here on Sunday, and I, I, can't get to the, I can't get to all your life and your friends and family. I try to. If you call me, I'll be there when I can. But it's up to you to go out here and counteract this culture during the week and share that love and show people that God's real and then bring them back to church because they know that you're the real deal. Christ shouldn't, Christ, church shouldn't be an option or an activity. It should be a commitment. But that commitment should not stop at 11.15, 11.30. It should continue to go right on through the week. Most, most, most of us see the power of God or something that belongs to the pastor. Okay, yes, I may be called to be pastor. But when you leave here, you are disciples of God and you can go out. The disciples did a lot of amazing things in the word of God. Jesus didn't go do everything. The disciples went out and did it. 
Jesus is saying in, in, in John 14, 12, that listen, we've got some lives to touch and some ministry to do. Ministry isn't, is, isn't something that we do for God. People think, well, I, I'm, doing, I'm doing ministry for, not, for God. No, 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 no. Ministry is something that God does through you. You don't have that ministry. You don't own that ministry. Let me go back to Noah for a second. Genesis 7 and 1. The Lord said to Noah, go into the ark and you and your whole family um, because I have found you righteous in this generation. See, others weren't righteous, just Noah. Others, others were evil, but not Noah because he was walking with God. He found favor with Noah and because he found favor with Noah, then his family who probably wasn't all righteous, because it doesn't say that. It says, I found righteousness in you. His family probably wasn't, but he was, and his family got blessed because of him. I saw something on social media the other day that I was like, oh my gosh, this goes so perfect with my message. It was Shaquille O'Neal. He, he was talking about it with his, about his kids. He said, my kids are out of the house the other day talking about, oh, we rich. He said, I said, oh no, son, you ain't rich, I'm rich. I was like, yes. He said, you ain't rich. You get the benefits of my money, but you ain't rich. You got to go out and get a job to become rich. You go out and get a job and, and start a job, I'll invest in it and help you be rich, but I'm rich and you're not. Let's get that straight. I was like, yes. But, but that's how it is with us. Noah, Noah was, you know, his family said, oh, we righteous. No, 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 no. God found me righteous. You only here because somebody was righteous. You know, and I'm not telling you to go out and tell your kids all that. I'm just saying, you know, you're only here because of me. But, but, but that's why, but my point is, is that, that you can make a difference in your family. Because of the righteousness of God in your life, your family can be blessed by it. Now, of course, they have to receive that. You can be a blessing, and the blessing could be on your family. But if your family rejects you, they reject the blessings. And so, if they, if they, because, because you don't get blessed just because you're connected, you got to stay in, in the line, right? It's just like with God. God's blessings come to us, but if we're not in the family of God, then we don't get blessed like that, not, not with God's blessings. You can go in your world and you can make a negative impact, you can make a positive impact, or you can make a kingdom impact. See what I did there? Okay. So anyway. I was so excited. That was my favorite part of my message. I was like, all week long, I was like, I can't wait to say that. Okay, here we go. Yeah, so just say, my preacher ain't right. Just, you just gotta, you just gotta, he's different. I promise you, he's different. He ain't like everybody else. <laughs> and I'm okay with that now. I used not to be. <clears throat> I realize who I am in Christ. So I, um, I, but I realized something that, that even now, I'm having an impact on my grandkids. Now, now, John and Grayson, they're not, they're, they're not pregnant, okay? So don't get no, that's not, that's not what I'm saying, you know? They're not, they're not getting married because they're pregnant. That's not the story. Sydney definitely ain't pregnant, okay? But what I'm saying is I am influencing my kids in how to read their Bible, how to pray, how to come to church, how to serve God, how, how to work hard, how to, how to love people, how to forgive people. They're watching that, how to pray, how to love my wife, how to be a father, and so I'm, I'm doing that, and I'm, 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 that, that impact, that, that influence in my life into their life now will reflect that into their own children. So I'm impacting my grandkids now. Now, they can choose to, if I'm not a father that should not be followed, 
and should not be like that, well, obviously, yes, then, then they, they will not be like you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you may not be in, in, in doing that. But also, you know what? You very well could be. If you're not serving God and you're a father or a mother that is not godly, you are influencing your grandkids too. They're going to be like you. And so you're grazing up another generation of people who are falling from grace and away from God. Um, Acts 16.31, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved and your household. The opportunity is there because of you being righteous in your house. The opportunity is there for the blessings of your family. But your family can reject that. And that's, up to, that's between them and God because everybody has a choice. But what I'm trying to get you to understand is that it's just not about me. It's just not about you. What you do reflects you, your family, and it affects you and your family. It affects you and your coworkers. It affects you wherever you're at. The blessings on your life reflects to those around you. The blessing can be there, but if they reject God, they reject the blessing. So just like I said, the blessing is, is on your life, and if your family rejects you, they, they reject the blessing. Well, if you can be blessed and you reject God, you're rejecting the blessing on your own life and rejecting the blessing for your family. So here's a very sad verse, Ezekiel 22 and 30. I looked for a man among them who would build up the wall of righteousness. And stand before me in the gap and on behalf of the land so that I would not have to destroy it. But I found none. He's looking for another righteous man. He's like, this wasn't the whole world. This was just a land. But he's like, can I just find somebody righteous in here so I, I don't have to destroy? God's will is not to destroy. God's will is not to, 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 to send anybody to hell. He's like, if you just accept me, all, all you got to do is accept me and you'll miss hell for eternity. You know, a wall at that time was pretty important. Walls around cities, they were super important. Because what happened was, is, is you had the wall, and if, the, if there was a, a hole in the wall, it was like a breach. And the enemy would see that, find that breach, and they would run, and they would run through that wall and take the city, and the walls would end up falling. They would, they would tear the walls down so that the rest of the army could go in and, and, and destroy the city. And what he was saying in this, in this case is uh, we need to repair the breach. We need somebody to stand in the gap so nobody, the enemy cannot come in and destroy the, 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 um, the, the city. And so what's God saying to us? That we need to stand in the gap for our families, for our friends, and for our city, for our state and even the world at times if we can. Well, where, where's that in the Bible? Well, I just read that to you. And then Abraham interceded for Sodom. Abraham said, God, you're going you're gonna to destroy Sodom, but if I can find 50 righteous people, will you not destroy it? He said, yeah, sure. Uh, he went and looked. He said, okay, what if I find 40 people? Sure. Okay, how about 35? And then he went down to 30. And then he said 20. And then he went down, if I can find 10. And if you notice, he stopped at 10. He didn't even ask again because there was none righteous in that city. Stephen prayed for those that were stoning him. He stood in the gap for those people. Paul prayed for Israel's salvation. He stood in the, in the gap for Israel. Jesus prayed for those crucifying him and said, Hey, Lord, bless these people. Forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. He was standing in the gap for them. And now he stood in the gap for us. And now he's constantly standing in the gap right now as our intercessor to the Father. He's standing in the gap and saying, No, God, I, I died for them. You don't, don't destroy. I, I died for them. As God looks for people who will stand before him in behalf of 
the, of, of what he wants to do. I hope he finds you. I hope he finds me. I hope he finds kingdom impact. I really believe that if Noah was here today, he would say, don't be afraid to stand out in the crowd and be different. Even when everybody else is doing, it, just, just because everybody else is doing wrong, don't make it right. And obedience is so much sweeter than regret. And I, would, I know he would say, ignore the haters. Ignore the voices in, in, in your world and in your mind because all it is is negativity. Listen to God. Walk with God and follow his voice. I'm almost done. Hebrews 11 and 7. By faith, he made it in the New Testament. Paul said, look, you know what? This is a man right here. I like him. He's good. He showed faith. I want to recognize him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things that yet not seen, in holy fear, so I told you he warned, and then holy fear, reverence, and built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became the righteous, um, righteous that comes from faith. And you know how ridiculous he probably felt building that thing? But he said, God, this is just weird to me. I don't understand this. I'm doing this because you told me to. I don't understand it, but I'm going to do it. How many times did we choose not to do something because we cared about what somebody thought? How many times did we not, were we not real because we wanted to put on for somebody so we could impress them rather than being real with them? That's what I try to do. I talked about it a while. That's why I am. I'm just going to be real with you. I'm not going to get up here and try to act like I'm holier than thou. I'm not going to get up here and try to pretend like I'm the greatest orator. I'm the greatest sermon preparation. But you know what? I'm going to tell you what. I'll stand with anybody that loves. And I'm going to tell you I'm one of the greatest lovers there is as far as loving people and caring for people. That's, that's one thing. That's my gift. And I'm going to be there for you. And I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to stand in the gap for you. I'm going to be the one that I try to be righteous enough that whenever God tries to come I mean, and the enemy tries to come and take your life, I want to be right there with you to stand in the gap with you. If you reject God, you reject the blessing and it will affect your family. And we're just not real with people. We're in church and we don't want to raise our hand because people will look at us. We don't want to worship. We don't want to come to the altar. We, you know, but how many times do we do not do stuff? We don't read our Bible. We don't pray. We don't, we don't worship in church. When God says worship, make a loud shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. He tells us to lift your hands in the sanctuary. He, he tells us. He commands those things. And we don't do it because we're like, you know what? I just don't want nobody to look at me weird. Now, I'm not saying if you don't, you're, you're going to. I'm just saying that's your choice. You may worship in your heart, and that's, that's okay. But I'm saying for those people that know, you know what? Because if I gave you, if I said, hey, if, if, if Ed McMahon came to your house and said, you just wanted to clear in house sweepstakes, you jump. You'd raise your hands. Whenever you were a dad or a mom, you know, you were like pumping your fist. Well, maybe not the mom right away, but later on she did. You know, when you had that little baby. But the thing is, 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 is we know these things are good for us, and we know these things help us, but we choose not to because we're not, we don't want to be real in front of nobody. We want people to see who we are, and we, don't want, we, don't, we want to make them see who, they, who we want them to think we are rather than who we really are. When in reality... People connect when people learn from our strengths, but they connect to our weaknesses. If you really want to get to somebody's heart, share a weakness with them. That's why a lot of times up here, y'all hear me talk about some stuff that, that my past hurts and pains. Why? Because I want you to connect with my heart. And I want to connect with a sinner's heart. Seeing that I've been through divorce and I've been through pain and different types of abuse and stuff like that. I want to do that so my heart connects with them so Jesus can walk right across it one day. Right into their heart and they receive Christ. It's time for us to counteract. We got to serve. We need people to sign up. We, we want to minister to our community. We want to do it. We, we, we know we're not going to make money. 
We've already, you know, last time we did it, we did it with, um, we we're trying to make it for a fundraiser and all that. This time we know we're going to lose money doing this. And that's okay. Because we're willing to take that little bit of loss to try to counteract our culture and bring some happiness to, to, to the community. And we're willing to do that. And we're just going to say, God, you're going to have to take care of us. We're just going to trust God. But the thing is, is it takes more than just a funnel cake event. It takes you at work every day. It takes you at the grocery store every day. It takes you looking at somebody saying, hey, God loves you. Hey, you look down today. Just get a big old smile. Your smile makes a difference. I saw it when I was in Israel, and there was this man up there on Mount Megiddo, and he was a scribe, and he scribed, he scribed um, the, the Torah. And if you don't know about a scribe who scribes the Torah, when you scribe the Torah, if you make one mistake, you got to throw the whole thing, all your work, hours and hours and days and days away and start over because the Torah is so, so special to them. I walked up there and I said, hey, trying to, you know, trying to be nosy. And, and uh, he said, he looked at me. And I, I, I said, okay, I left. I came back later on because I was curious. About it, and I said, how are you? He said, I recognize you. And I said, you do? He said, I recognize your smile. He said, what's your name and what's your wife's name? And this scribe that scribes the Torah slid a little piece of paper through, through a crack in the glass and wrote my name and Gina's name and two hearts on it. And I'm having it framed. I'll bring it one day and show you. It was so special to me. I was like, this man writes the Torah. You know, he's, he's a scribe. That's a big deal in Jerusalem, you know, in Israel. But, but he remembered my smile, he said. And I hadn't been there, what, in three years? And so... Your smile makes a difference. Your smile is infectious. Your attitude is infectious. You don't have to go out and stand on, the, on a car and preach to everybody. You just can live your life and share the love. And when someone says, how was your weekend? It says, man, we had church. It was, it was so wonderful. God just touched my heart. That's it. It makes them think. It's just a seed. It's a seed. Plant that seed. And then invite people. So, hey, I know you're going through a hard time, and I told you about my church, and my pastor's crazy and weird, kind of weird, but, but I'd love for you to come and be a part of it. It's different. It's not like all the other churches that you, you've grown up in. Why don't you come and allow God to do what he wants to do in their lives? Would you bow your hand and close your eyes? Is there anybody here at all today say, Pastor, look, I'm not a Christian. I don't know Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, but I... I want, to, I want to be saved. I want to, I want to have this life. I want to have this backing behind me. I want to have this. Or maybe you backslidden on God and you don't know Jesus anymore and you kind of backslidden and you want God to maybe come into your heart and renew you. You want to rededicate your heart to God. If you want to get saved or you want to rededicate your heart to God right now, would you raise your hand? Amen. Amen. I see those two hands. Praise Jesus. If you're online and you can message us, you can message us or you can um, put it on there. I need prayer, whatever it may be. Let's just pray right now. There's two people in this room that, that is willing to counteract the culture and say, I'm not going to be like the world is anymore. I'm going to be like God. And I'm going to serve God. And I'm going to accept Him in my heart. So let's just pray this prayer and let's just pray it all together and, and ask God to, to touch them. If you just repeat after me, dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me for my sins. I'm not living the way I should, but I'm changing that today. Make me a Christian. You are my Lord. 
You are my Savior. I renounce sin. I renounce my past and commit my life to you. I know it won't be perfect. And when I sin, I'm going to ask for forgiveness so I can stay on track, so I can be in heaven with you one day. I surrender all. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Hey, Scripture says that when someone gets saved, God stops everything in heaven and all the angels rejoice. So let's rejoice with the angels for the two salvations today.